sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica Salda, the queen of team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. We're here again, another beautiful, beautiful morning in Santa Barbara, California. I can't, we are so blessed. You know, every night before I go to bed, I try to think of things that are super positive that happened to me throughout the day, keep that in my heart. And I tell you, there's, it's just, when you, when you start off the day like that, every single day, I'm telling you, I always wonder why Dominique smiles all the time, and that's what she. So I'm stealing it, okay? I'm stealing it from Dominique Hackett over here. <laughs> also, we have today Ed Langlo, we've got Sierra Boatwright, Christine Marie, Doctor Amy's with us via uh, a car. That's how how important she is. She uh, she goes, well, I could just do it via what? Via the road, yes. right? That's it. Uh, Don Sanders, Richard Dugan. Uh, we're going to have a couple more join us later on in the hour. But let's start off with a little music, a little background in the house. San Marcos High School, we've got Shakir Ahmad. He's going to give us a royal recap. What's going on, Shakir? Hello, hello. How are you? Fantastic. Always nice to see you, Shakir. How did those midterms come? Oh, I did fine. I did perfectly fine. Crushed it. <laughs> Say you crushed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm on top of my grades, of course. Nice. <laughs> All so right. We're still, so. over, we're still over the 4.0, right? No, I have a 4.5. Woo! Sorry. Damn. I still don't understand the math with that, but that's okay. <laughs> that is, it averages in the AP class. Yeah. Yeah. And athlete, all the AP classes. Don't. And then club. You're also on club teams. I mean, oh, the boy doesn't yep. need a lot of sleep. That's all that is. So what's yeah, the Royal Recap? All righty. So, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Royal Recap, where I'll be spotlighting San Marcos athletes who've been playing well and give you updates on how our teams have been doing. So I'd like to start this segment off by giving a shout-out to all our McDonald's Athlete of the Week, uh, starting with this week's Hank Jessup, who helped lead San Marcos Boys Water Polo to victories against Los Pueblos and Cabrillo this week. All righty. But then going back to the beginning of this year now, uh, we've had Andre McCullough, Owen Lauderdale, Ava Cole, Eloise McGibbon, Natasha Gill, Nick Prentice, Ethan Dwelly, Owen Lauderdale for a second time, and leading up to this week's Hank Jessup. So give them all a hand. All of those. Yeah, big screen. And on top of that, we've had three athletic roundtable athletes with Joaquin Sandoval, Brooke Hoadley, and Andre McCullough. So congrats to all of our amazing athletes. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. So coming up today, which is or Thursday, this Thursday, um, our girls volleyball team plays their first CIF playoff game at Royal High School for a Division Three opener. Nice. So looking forward to that. Hopefully, I mean, I wish it was a home game because our students would have been loud and going crazy, but they're away. So hopefully it comes back to us so we can go watch them play. But Nice. I'm hoping they do well. Uh, boys water polo defeated Cabrillo yesterday, eight to five, finishing league in second place, giving them the number two seed in that next week's league tournament at Santa Barbara. Woo! <laughs> not too shabby. Not too shabby. Uh, girls tennis is a big match today as they take on Santa Barbara at home. They continue to stay undefeated after beating Kate fourteen to four yesterday. So we're hoping for them to finish out very strong this year. So nice. Yeah. Shout out to girls tennis. 
Uh, girls Golf League play has ended, and after being tied in second with Santa Barbara and San Inez, scores of the front nine acted as a league playoff, and it landed them in fourth overall. So that's not as fortunate, <laughs> but shout out to them. Uh, cross Country will attend the Mount SAC in a, Invitational this Friday, and we'll face off the following Friday at DP. So hopefully we get some students out there at DP and come support Cross Country that week. And rounding it off, it's football's last home game this Friday as they prepare to take on Cabrillo and fight for a playoff spot. So that'll be a fun game to watch for sure. Fantastic. Well, keep in mind that game will be covered right here on AM1290's Friday Night Football with uh, play-by-play announcer John Martini. Awesome. Yeah. We love it. Yeah, we've definitely done the Friday Night Football for many, many, many years and uh, happy to support us. As a community broadcasting network, we're always here for Santa Barbara, definitely. And Richard, are you going to be doing that game? No, actually, Scott Dweck, our uh, our part timer who uh, does a great job, will be uh, here behind the console, uh, uh, guiding uh, or John Martin will be guiding him through that game, quarter by quarter. Right. Well, I, Shakir, you did. You're so good. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> natural man yeah honestly i am so thankful and blessed to abe who i've known for since the 80s okay long time ago when i was in my early 20s all right and uh he's always been a rock star he's always supported this show and uh when i asked him made him pretty he picked up the phone you know when you don't talk to somebody like five years here you know it's just like awesome and i go i need some help and then he just you just boom there was not even a thought it was just he always gives me rock stars. Honestly, I, I never not have a royal rock star when it comes to San Marcos High School. So and, we thank you. And anything Eric, that the show can do for you, we yeah. want to do for you. And honestly. Erica, Erica, yeah. and uh, Shakir, this is something you will hear somewhere down the road. I do believe. And now our host for the ESPN Sports Center, Shakir Ahmad. You're you're very confident, Shakir, but then all of a sudden you have this underlying. You know, you've got this humility, which you have. You know, it's a it's a it's a balance. Yeah. You know, and it's you a have beautiful it both. Thing. And beautiful. I really appreciate you. So yeah. I know you got to get you. on it. Um, shoot some free throws, okay? But <laughs> your heart rate up. I have a free throw. I can shoot. I am a shooter. I betcha. Well, are we gonna you gonna come to the test? Because I'm gonna go to some of those games. I'm gonna watch okay. this. Okay. So, I, 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 I will, I will, I will prove that I'm a shooter. Then I, I got. Yeah, I go. Oh, well, might do something like for every free throw shot you make, we'll, we'll negotiate a price and it'll go to your uh, basketball program. How there about that? There you go. Excellent. I, I like this. Oh, I like. I like Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara Wellness has a couple of coins still in the coffer, so we'll see. I like to do some fun things. I'll I, second all those kudos. Yeah, there you go. Good. So make a little pot for secures free throws, all right? That's Maybe. expected from anybody that went to San Marcos High School. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this whole thing all started up with you, Ed, with the whole legacy um, show that you did. So oh, yeah, the history. The history. Yeah. <laughs> so running out of high school. So. Ed, did you play football when you were there? I went out for football, but uh, my attitude was not congruent with uh, coaches yelling at you. And I oh. actually I quit. I went out my junior year. I went out for spring training and I got a job washing dishes at the ski lodge. And I took the money over football oh, and quit gotcha. spring training. So, uh, you know, it's 
it's easy to say now, but I, I really wish I would have stuck it out and played ball instead of washing dishes. That's okay. Don Sandridge played football. He knows. Yes, indeed. Multi sport athlete. Yes, indeed. They they give you discipline, you know, they give you they give you confidence in your physicality. And I, I can't stand not to move. I'm a I, I can't I'm not a sitter. So yeah. you know, if there's one thing I remember and take away from football is that when you're in the huddle before you break for the next play and you think like, wow, I am really bushed. You, you, everybody breaks at the same time and you realize you've got it in you to go one more time. That, that was maybe one of the greatest lessons of uh, football. Nice. Same thing in the huddle. Anytime you huddle up, right? Or basketball team, you're just looking at, you got to trust. You know, you got to nice. trust your teammates. It, it's not a one guy show, right? Oh, it's a team effort. Team effort all day. All right, let's do this. Let's take a little break. She can't get back to class. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great right now. Mr. Army has me locked in the room so the teachers can't find me. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you want to stick it out, you're welcome to stay. We're going to go to commercial, though. We'll be back with more after these messages. And this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salt of the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Welcome back to Teen Sports Radio. I'm Sierra Boatwright, licensed marriage and family therapist and founder of Santa Barbara Ecotherapy. If you'd like to read more about me and my work, you can visit my website, sbecotherapy.com. And today, I want to speak about a topic that is rather taboo. It is a topic that is often silenced in our society, and it does come with a trigger warning. And that is that October is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And I feel like this is an important topic to talk about with our teens, our young adults, and our adult listeners, because as I said, it is something that tends to not be discussed. And today what I'd like to do is to provide right here at the front end some resources so that if you or someone you know is in a relationship that may have elements of domestic violence, which is also known as partner violence, and I will be giving some examples of different types later on in the show, I want you to have these resources up front so that you can equip yourself or those you know who may need help. So first of all, here in Santa Barbara, we have an amazing organization, Domestic Violence Solutions. Their uh, website is dvsolutions.org. And when you go there, you'll see immediately hotlines for the entire county and a quick exit button so that if you're in there and you're trying to get information, but there's an abuser in your environment who's watching what you're doing, you can hit that button and get out really quickly. Uh, But just know that that resource is there and it's very immediate. You can get a lot of good information there. The Santa Barbara hotline, 24-7 human presence, is 805-964-5245, 805-964-5245. Also online, you can um, access the National Domestic Violence Hotline website. It's just thehotline.org, and I'm going to be sharing uh, an infographic from them today. And then finally, a very excellent book that I recommend all people read, all genders. It's called No Visible Wounds, 
The author's name is Mary Susan Miller. No Visible Wounds. This book describes all of the different types of intimate partner violence that don't leave marks, right? There are eight different types of domestic violence or intimate partner violence I'm going to talk about today, and they don't show on the outside. But if you're uh, in, if you have friends or if you're in a relationship that has some of these elements, I want you to know that they do constitute abuse and that you're not alone and that these resources are here to help you. Okay. So I want to share this infographic with you that, uh, again, is on thehotline.org. This is a wheel of power and control. That's uh, so this, we're looking at power and control. Come, come back to your mic, Sierra. Okay. So with, um, within intimate partner violence, there are eight different um, types of abuse that can take place that are very subtle, that have a whole range from subtle to overt. And some of these can um, be grooming techniques that will be used in relationships and drive the, the relationship towards sexual trafficking. And that's why I think it's really important for our teens to be aware of these relational patterns so that they can see them in their own lives or in the lives of their friends and can wave that red flag and say, hey, I don't like the way that this is going. Do you need help? How can I help you? So um, I'm going to start, I think, with economic abuse, because I think for, you know, people of all ages, you know, a lot of our teens are working and sometimes they get in these really serious relationships and uh, a partner might try to like start to uh, be involved in the decisions that this person makes about the use of their money or wants access to their money or tries to control the way that they use their money in, in uh, marriages or legal uh, cohabitating type of relationships, you'll often see a tactic where uh, one partner takes full uh, control of the assets of that unit and therefore bars the other person from having access to any of that money. Um, and so that is a form of abuse that I want our kids to be aware of, that when you are making your own money, you have a say about how that money gets used. And if you choose to allocate some of the control over those finances to another person, it's good to include other people in that decision-making process so that you have trusted people that are working with you to help you make a decision about that. Uh, a second form of intimate partner violence is the use of coercion and threats. So this is where a person is using language that uh, implies that they will do something to hurt themselves, to hurt their partner, to hurt uh, their children, to hurt their pet, that they will, you know, threaten to do illegal things that may cause problems for the partner. So this is, this is, you know, there's no actual bad thing happening yet, but they're threatening to make it happen if the partner doesn't comply to their desires or commands. Intimidation. This is a third ver uh, version of intimate partner violence where you're not, you haven't been hurt yet physically, but maybe the person will do things like um, leave weapons laying around or will, you know, uh, kick the pet and say you're next or punch a hole in the wall or throw things in the environment. And it, it gives the feeling of, oh no, is this going to happen to me next? And so it makes a person shrink. It makes a person withdraw and it makes them uh, more easily controlled. A fourth uh, version would be emotional abuse and this is things and I think for our teens I really want you to listen in here okay when people are putting you down 
when people are making you feel bad about yourself, they're calling you names, yet they say that they love you, they care about you, but they're insulting you. They are uh, making you think you're crazy. They're, they're, they're outing uh, the things that you say that you know are true and, and trying to sort of like gaslight you and thinking that maybe I didn't hear what I thought I heard or making you just feel guilty about things that you really shouldn't feel guilty about. This is emotional abuse. And, and this is, you know, also kind of ties in with coercion, right? Like this is a manipulation tool that can really uh, undermine a person's sense of self-direction and autonomy. And, uh, you know, teens and young adults, we're still trying to figure out how to be in relationships with people. And if you're not used to that, it might be like the frog in the boiling water. It might start small and just get bigger until one day you look around, and you're like, I don't know why I feel like this. Or if you're raised in a household where this is normal, you think it's normal, and then you find yourself in relationships like this and you just perpetuate that. So when people are using words to make you feel bad about yourself, make you feel small, make you feel guilty, any of those negative emotions, I strongly encourage you talk to a trusted friend, family member, school counselor, therapist, pastor, anyone that you can get what you feel is good, solid, safe advice, and usually not a friend of the partner that's doing it. <laughs> you know what? This one on emotional abuse, this, there's a lot of examples of this, and it ties into where Dr. Amy was talking about how we need to help tra train our coaches because we tend to pass on the traumas that we've experienced mm -hmm. unknowingly, just out of a lack of understanding. Christine, you had something you wanted to share. I was going to say that um, I have um, a friend who has experienced that kind of verbal abuse when her partner drinks or takes or, or um, you know, is, 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 is drunk, actually. And so that's something that has been, you know, it's almost she can find a way to excuse it. And yet it's, she also had to find her way to to say, no, this isn't appropriate. You know, so she's been working with that. So. Yeah. Yes. And, and drug and alcohol abuse is a, a common uh, factor in this type of situation. Uh, but again, like you said, it, it, it gets used as an excuse, but it's not an excuse, right? Yeah. You don't have to put up with that. And so, maybe also you can help teens understand uh, exactly what red flag means. I mean, for, for me, uh, usually what I call a red flag is where I have a sensation in the pit of my stomach that something's not right. I can't necessarily put my finger on it. But my body is telling me that it's not happy and I'm not safe. Absolutely. Dr. Amy, I bet, I bet you probably have some thoughts on that. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Dominique articulated that one really well. If you're thinking or feeling or having a physical sensation that this is off, I say trust yourself and really find a safe person to discuss it with. And I have some things to add, but I'll let Sierra finish and then we'll go from there. I have something I want to add on. I would, like I, I've always mentioned this before, coaching for me, I just got really lucky. However, there hasn't been a time in coaching for 28 years that I haven't experienced. I think I got so involved in coaching my kids because I saw, these are volunteer jobs, okay? So if you're carrying baggage, there's no way that you're not carrying it on the court or on the field. So that's really why I just engulfed my children and anybody else's kids that you know wanted to have that. Because back in the 80s, uh, there was very few. I, I know at St. Rayfields or, or um, where I was at the Galita Boys and Girls Club, I was the first 
female coach. So, and I want to just, because I know Shakira's got to leave, but Shakira, not presently, but, you know, you've had coaches that were not that good. Am I right? I mean, because he's a volunteer kind of, they're not professional like your club where the guys are getting paid, where if he, if he wasn't good, he's not going to get paid. Nobody's going to, you know, and he has the connections that you need to get to the next level. What do you say to that? Uh, me personally, most of my coaches have been fairly well, but going back to like the emotional abuse that was brought up before, I've had friends who like had or been in relationships with someone who uh, when they were going through a hard time, they were just not a help, but they kept going back to that person just because like they thought they cared about them, but they kept hearing those um, downplaying words all the time and yet they'd still stick around with them and I'd had to talk to them and it's like, hey, that's, this is not healthy. This is not good for you. That a boy. It's, 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 it's hard for them. Dr. Shakir, I see it. <laughs> uh, I think, I think it's, it's hard for teens just being in relationships just because like how oh, they're still figuring it all out right now. And just like sometimes you might feel like you're entitled to like care about this person, even though it's not the healthiest choice. And I think it's just something that is through experience. I think just needs to be like something everyone needs to learn and just go through. So. That's, that's my words. Nice words. <laughs> Classic. Shakir, listen, so thankful and blessed that you're with us. Let's take another little break. Erica Salda, the Queen of Team, will be back with Sierra Boatwright after these messages. We are back, and this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host. Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Welcome back to Teen Sports Radio. I'm Sierra Boatwright, licensed marriage and family therapist. And we are continuing our conversation about National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. In the previous segment, we covered four different elements of domestic violence or intimate partner violence. And we're going to continue with four more uh, and then open it up for some discussion. I think it's really important for our teens to be aware of these different, more subtle types of abuse because we're, you know, in, in our teens and young adult years, we're still trying to figure it all out. Um, and so these are just little bits of information for you to talk away so that if you or someone you know is in a relationship with these types of characteristics that you can, you know, know that it's not healthy. There are people around you and resources that we've mentioned in the show that can support you and help you to uh, find your way out. So uh, the fifth form of intimate partner violence I wanted to highlight is the use of isolation. And I do see this happening in the lives of teens that I have treated. And it looks like this, you get in a relationship, it's lovey-dovey, you guys are just doing everything together. And, and you start to notice that this person doesn't want you to hang out with your friends, gets upset when you hang out with your friends, starts to say negative things about your friends or says things that get in the way of your relationship with those friends, might even intentionally pulling you away from those relationships. Um, when a person is isolated, they're much easier to control. When there aren't people that are being in, you know, healthy, reflective and observations, then, you know, that person can easily become isolated. And the use of jealousy is a common one. I, you know, I just feel really jealous when you talk to other guys. Well, I go to school with like <laughs> hundreds or thousands of them. I'm not going to just not talk to half of the school population, you know. 
But isolation tactics also fall under that umbrella of moving, uh, potentially moving toward sexual trafficking, because, you know, if you're in this very isolated relationship and then they want to open up this other world to you, but other people don't know, then, uh, you know, that that could be uh, very life altering. Um, I want to speak about the sixth version, which is minimizing, denying and blaming. So this is where you know something is going on. You're starting to have the conversations and say, hey, I don't like the way you're treating me. I don't like the way you're talking. I don't like the way I feel when you do X, Y and Z. And they say things like, oh, my God, you're so sensitive. Why do you have to make a big deal about everything? Don't you know that's just how guys or girls are or, you know, whatever gender a person is, you know, there's these generalizations that get made about how people are. Um, So they just minimize your feelings and they start to make you feel like, well, I shouldn't feel the way that I feel. Or you'll say, hey, when you you said this thing to me, it really hurt. They'll be like, I didn't say that. What are you talking about? Right. So we're talking again here about that gaslighting thing. Um, basically just shifting responsibility for their abusive behavior back onto the victim and, you know, escaping uh, their own accountability. Can you explain what uh, gaslighting is? Because that is happening a lot in our culture, in our news. Right. Uh, And you hear the term, but I don't think people realize where it comes from. Well, I mean, it comes from this movie. I think it was in the 40s. But uh, the phenomenon is where you know that an event happened, right? Like, I don't know, we could say um, this book is purple. And someone says, that book is not purple. That book is green. And you're like, no, the book is purple. And you're like, no, I think I think you're just seeing things. It's not actually purple. It's really green. And, and we can see that in, you know, all sorts of situations where you know that the way you're being treated is not okay. You bring it up and the person is like, no, I didn't do that. They try to, they sort of try to make the person question their own reality. That's it. The questioning of your own reality, red flag right there. So uh, we've only got two more to cover and these may not have as much to do with our teen and young adult um, listeners, though some of you may have children in the home and so this may apply to you or uh, you may be the children in a home where this is happening, in which case I would strongly encourage you to talk to a trusted person to get support. Um, And that's the use of children as a tool. So that would be anything from, um, you know, making uh, one party feel guilty about the fact that the children are even here and that, you know, they require money and responsibility and time and attention. Um, Using children to relay messages back and forth, especially in like uh, two household families or blended families, multi-parent families, you know, instead of parents just or adults being the, you know, direct communicators, they'll try to send little messages through the through the children, using visitation time or drop-offs and pickups as a time to harass the other party, um, or threatening to take away a parent or an adult access to their children. Um, these are forms of abuse that put the children really in the middle and they're not okay. So if that's happening to you or someone that you know, please reach out and get help. Then finally, now we've we've done, I think we've done a pretty good job of recognizing in this discussion that these types of abusive behaviors can happen from any gender of person toward any gender of person. It's not always male to female, although that is the predominant um, statistic. 
Um, so I just want to preface this next one by saying that the use of male privilege is a form of uh, intimate partner violence that is highlighted on this chart um, that would look like uh, treating other people as less than by virtue of one's maleness, uh, making all of the big decisions and, and using one's maleness as the reason why you get to do that. And I'm not knocking any uh, religious beliefs that hold that men have a particular role in the family. I've seen that happen beautifully, lovingly, nurturingly, life supporting and enhancing. Uh, but there, when it's not, it can it can be very heavy handed and and used as sort of that like master of the castle. Everybody does what I say, kind of a control um, tactic that um, can be very demeaning to the other people in that relationship or in that household. So again, these are eight different types of intimate partner violence that do not leave physical wounds. Um, we hear more about physical and sexual uh, violence in our society than we do about these forms of intimate partner violence. And it's important for our teens, young adults to know about this. Please do access evsolutions.org uh, and 805-964-5245 for immediate help and support here in Santa Barbara. Please pick up the book, No Visible Wounds by Mary Susan Miller, if you want to explore more about this important topic and the more subtle ways that this can impact your relationships. And if you want to reach out to me with questions, um, you want to find resources, you don't know where to start, 805-335-1915. You can text or call me and I'll do what I can to help you. I'm Sierra Boatwright, licensed marriage and family therapist. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Sarah. We're going to do some Q&A right after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hi, and welcome back to Teen Sports Radio. This is Christine Marie uh, with a view from the deck. Um, and uh, I just wanted to mention that that, that last, uh, the, the, the seventh point that you spoke about regarding the children. Um, I think that might have happened in my own childhood, but also I was involved in a relationship where I believe that the my ex-fiance's ex-wife was holding that abusive power and, 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 and using that. And I actually ended up ending the relationship because of that, because of the dynamic that was happening between them, because I could feel it sort of trying to be trying to instill itself between me, like he wanted the power over somebody. So it was me. And so it was a fascinating experience. And, and I hadn't even really thought about it in those terms specifically until you just spoke about this. So I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for, for that sort of understanding. And, and for my 
my capacity to understand this is not healthy and I can't do this. So that was really wonderful. And um, I, I wondered if Dr. Amy, Dr. Amy, I hear you have something to offer here. Yeah, so this is Dr. Amy at stillquietplace.com. And actually, I have an article on what's called covert emotional abuse. And it's on psychology today under ending cycles of abuse in sports and society. And that article links to a much longer, more comprehensive piece on my website also titled Ending Cycles of Abuse in Sports and Society. And I just wanted to point out that these sneaky, emotionally abusive behaviors can be considered grooming, and they can happen in any relationship, in a intimate relationship, in a coaching relationship, with a teacher, with a spiritual leader. These types of behaviors can happen anywhere. And there's one behavior that um, Sierra didn't mention that can often make things even more confusing. And that's what's called love bombing. So yes, they'll isolate you. Yes, they'll have you feel scared. Yes, they'll lie. Yes, they'll question your memory so that you start to doubt yourself. And then just to really throw you off balance, they'll be super lovey-dovey, or if it's a coach, they'll promise you that uh, you have what it takes, and if you leave them, you won't, uh, you won't succeed, or you won't make, if it's a, you know, more a spiritual coach, that you won't uh, make the difference that you want to be make in the world or be your fullest self. And so there's this tangling of love and fear and it, it pretty much keeps you off balance all the time where you're, you just kind of don't know what the end is up and you're trying to desperate, you start to think that it's your fault and that you need to desperately do something desperate and if you just changed your behavior, then everything would be okay. Yeah, this, this is the overall cycle of violence that, you know, underscores all of this, where there's these massively intense honeymoon phases that, you know, keep the person hooked and believing that all this other horrible stuff is worth putting up with because the love bombing is so intense. Dr. D, you had a thought. I had a question uh, in regards to the, and, and I don't like using the word victim, but under the circumstances, I can't think of any other word, um, who decides that they... They've had enough of that abuse, whether it be verbal or physical or otherwise. And then they decide, I'm getting out of here. I need to I need to find a safe space, a safe place where I can think about what I want to do next. If it's uh, wanting to repair the relationship, fine. If it's wanting to sever it or whatever it is. And they walk away and the other person 
appears devastated. It's like, oh my God, how could you do that? You promised you would stay and so on and so forth. And uh, they kind of hold that over them, even after the person has gone back and said, okay, here are the conditions under which I'll come back. And initially the conditions are met. And then all of a sudden the rules start to change right before their eyes. Uh, Even though the situation hasn't reached that critical phase that caused them to leave in the first place. How do you, how do you approach that to where the person who left and again, it was not a leaving for leaving sake. It was a leaving to find a safe space so that they could decompress and feel safe and think about the next step. Call the timeout, Dr. Dave. Okay. All right. What? Okay. What about the timeout? This happens in our friendships where we rub up against each other. And we realize, wow, not healthy. Somebody's smart enough to step back. And then you're right. The dynamics kind of reshuffle. So, uh, Sierra, can you comment about how do you? Yeah, I mean, every, every situation obviously is different. Um, it is counterindicated for uh, couples in physical or sexual, active physical or sexual violence to go into uh, couples therapy, for example. Most couples therapists will not uh, treat if that is active because it can make it worse. Um, so if those, if those elements are active, I mean, DVS is a great resource because they can provide, you can apply for some temporary housing. You can have a safe place where you can go and the person can't access you so that you can get that space that you might need to just get that. Again. Say again, Dr. Um, Amy. Well, I was just going to say that, that, that. Um, devastation is actually a form of manipulation. Indeed. And they're trying to make you feel guilty Mm -hmm. for leaving, for setting healthy boundaries, for uh, putting, you know, putting your health and well-being as a priority. There's a quote that says, you know, the only people who are, I'm not going to get it exactly right, but the only people who are upset about you putting boundaries in place are those who were abusing them in the first place. Indeed. So when you create a healthy boundary in a relationship where you have not previously had a healthy boundary, mm-hmm. they're going to try and guilt you into... Uh, getting it back to where they have control yeah yeah so 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 to your question dr d i mean it's it's like you know they the the person who is seeking that personal clarity uh and taking that time you know they need the the support of people who recognize these patterns who support personal autonomy who can have an objective you know, space to hold for that person to come to their own decisions while also providing psychoeducation to the cycle of violence, the types of violence and helping them have those aha moments similar to what Christine described earlier of like, I didn't realize that that's what it was, but now I can see that and I can, you know, make more informed choices for myself. And I, so, I, I do have one thing to throw in, but we need to take a break. So I'll ask this very, very quickly. What if the person who f- says, I need a safe space, I need a timeout, out. 
just goes. They don't say anything. They don't leave a note or anything of that nature. They just go. And I've heard it said that it is best not to communicate with the other person because, again, they're going to use those manipulative tools, whether it's in a text or phone call or otherwise, uh, to try to get them to acquiesce. Uh, Your thoughts? You know, I mean, like that is an option as long as there aren't children involved that are being sort of abandoned to the abuser. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's a prerogative a person could take for sure. Yeah. OK. But well, listen, we've got a lot. We got a couple of one or two more segments left. So let's get to these brand new commercials right after these messages. Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Yes, and uh, we need to be the kind of people that uh, can dispel darkness. As the light of the sun and moon can banish all obscurity and gloom, so this person, as he advances through the world, can wipe out the darkness of living beings. And so to do this, you know, we've got to be the kind of people that dig our roots where we stand, that we, we don't blame anybody else for, you know, how we got to be how we are, that we keep searching for healthy, positive influences like has been, uh, have been demonstrated in this dialogue today. <clears throat> and then, you know, as, as this French author Victor Hugo said, you know, when people are valiant and persevere in their efforts, many great deeds are performed in the small struggles of life mysterious triumphs that no one no other eyes see that no renowned rewards that no fanfare salutes life adversity loneliness abandonment poverty are all battlefields that have their heroes obscure heroes sometimes greater than the illustrious ones nice thank you all right let's finish off the show we got i know we got a lot of announcements we should have started it off but shakir armad was in the house and it is a Teen Sports Radio show. Ed, you've got a couple of announcements. Yeah, I have uh, two things that I wanted to talk about, if we have time here, uh, about uh, nonprofit. Okay, I'll just do one of them. So let's let's go down to Natalie Wilson, who was a guest on the show two years ago. And Natalie's president of the Santa Barbara Jazz Society. Every year they give $1,000 to one of our local high school jazz bands. And this year... Dos Pueblos High will be the recipient of that. Oh, nice. Yay! And to raise funds, uh, they bring jazz bands from all over the United States to Soho Music Club at 1221 State Street. And they have also been on a long hiatus, but uh, they are back. And uh, November 14th, jazz singer James Arnold will be at the Soho from 1 to 4 o'clock. Tickets are $35 at the door. 
masks and proof of vaccination or negative COVID tests are required. Uh, that policy may change. We're all just doing the COVID dance for now. Until we see what happens. Uh, they're also paying tribute to local jazz musicians, Al Reese and Peter Clark, who uh, we lost both of last year. Awesome. So uh, please consider uh, supporting the next generation of high school jazz musicians. Nice. Jamie, finish it off. Okay, so I have an online course for athletes, students, jazz musicians, anyone who wants to learn the skills of finding joy and flow in your activity or in life. That starts next Tuesday. You can enroll on my website. And for those who need a scholarship, I will provide it. So it's stillquietplace.com and... It'll be under online courses. Beautiful. Beautiful. Really nice. We'll get that out, Dr. Amy. I've already been passing it it around. And it starts actually the Tuesday that this episode will air. So apply quick after you listen to this. Oh, you got it. I love it. it. (laughs) Thank you so much, Dr. Amy. Let me just finish it off by Santa Barbara. We're so blessed. Um, Always... Andrew J. with a positive thought and a grateful heart. This is Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. God bless you all. See you next week.